Hey, Rafa. Hello, Christian. You know, Rafa, I think that sometimes something that's very tasty is some Vegemite or Marmite <laughs> on, on, on a pasty. But I thought you were British. Oh, oh, you... oh, uh, savour the flavour of the Vegemite. Okay, that's better. Oh. See if you, uh, all right. You can park the car in the... <laughs> Can you do? Can you do kiwi? I don't think. I don't think either one of. I don't think there's a human being on Earth outside of New Zealand that can do a kiwi accent. Oh my God! I have no idea of how to do any of this stuff. But obviously, what we're doing is we're speaking in our most refined accents today for a reason. Clearly, no voice coach has been paid. No dialogue coach has been paid in the making of this podcast. But we're talking in these fantastic accents because. There's a movie out this week that's getting lots of buzz for the fantastic accents that are being used in it. <laughs> it's getting a lot of buzz for a lot of reasons, but, <laughs> but it is true that one of one of them, one of one of the less favorable things being thrown around, has to do with the accent. We're talking, of course, about Captain Phillips, the new um, what would you call that sort survival, of survival kidnapping. political thriller with uh, Tom Hanks, based on the true story of Captain Richard Phillips, who was kidnapped by Somali pirates. We'll also talk about, speaking of accents, we'll talk about Machete Kills. The Those are your people and Those your are my accent. people. Yeah, that's right, Guzman. And um, we'll also have a very special interview this week with the real Captain Phillips. Yeah, nice going, Kristen. This, Kristen, this is all you, this interview. Uh, but before we get to all that, let's introduce ourselves. I'm Kristen Meinzer, producer for The Takeaway. And I'm Rafer Guzman, movie critic for Newsday. And this is Movie Dite. Oh, sigh with a flyer. Okay, uh, so let's uh, let's talk about Machete Kills, shall we? Yes, this is the new Robert Rodriguez movie, which is all about machete. That's it's right. Kind of a crazy vigilante hero. He's the world's he's the world's meanest Mexican. That's how, that's how <laughs> I that's how I always ref, that's how I've referred to him probably in, in both the reviews I've written. Um, the meanest Mexican, the meanest vato on the planet. He is uh, sort of a. Kind of a criminal, kind of a uh, undercover agent, kind of a rogue. <clears throat> in this in this film, um, this is the sequel to Machete. He is now tracking down a drug lord uh, named uh, Cortez, played by Demian Bashir. Uh, but that, of course, will lead him to an even bigger fish, an international arms dealer named Luther Vaz. We're going to save. You probably know, listeners, but we'll save the reveal on who that actor is for a few minutes. Here's a clip. I like this. Like your style, low tech, but this ain't your mama's canco. Consider this the Swiss Army knife of machetes. Machete. Oh, that Amber Heard. You love Amber Heard. Boy, do I love Amber Heard. <laughs> I feel like every time Amber Heard's name comes up in a podcast, you go, mmm, Amber mm, Heard. Well, I'm, I'm doing it again. Uh, yeah, uh, lots of... Uh, Lots of ladies in uh, oh, Machete Kills. Oh, your dad's Kills. crushes in this movie, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, and my crush, Michelle Rodriguez, yes. uh, as Luce, the one-eyed Luce. Uh, in the last film, she was uh, a revolutionary named She, S-H-E, with the, <laughs> with the accent on the E. They've kind of dropped that now. She's called Luce. Um, Amber Heard plays a Texas beauty queen who is also working undercover. 
Sophia Vergara as the owner of a brothel, uh, Vanessa Hudgens as sweet young Ceresa, mm-hmm. um, and uh, a whole host of people. Lady Gaga is here for us in this movie. Cuba Gooding Jr. That's, we have, we have everybody right. in this movie. Antonio Banderas. So the list goes on. Uh, and uh, so, Kristen, now did you see the original Machete? Yes, I did. Okay. And how did you like the original? Not as much as this one. You oh, like this one I better? I played all my oh, cards. You would. Yes, you know what? I you did. would I like this one. I just played all my cards. I know why you liked it, too. Tell me why. Well, I thought all the women were better in this one. Mm-hmm. I thought they were stronger. They were fiercer. Okay. Um, and I, I, you know, something that was in the first one that fortunately wasn't in this one as much, all the women throwing themselves at Machete. I know. <laughs> which got really tiresome in the first one. Like, oh, my God. I mean, you and I have talked about uh, Danny Trejo before yeah. and how he has this very magnetic, fierce, but totally not conventionally attractive face before. Yes. Um, and then... It's a kind way of putting it, Kristen. I, I think you called him beautiful, ugly, or something on the show once. <laughs> I don't but, but he is, you know, he's he's not the best looking guy, and he's an older man. Mm-hmm. And then you have a bunch of twenty something or thirty something women who are throwing themselves at this guy who's old enough to be their granddad, who looks a little bit weathered. But that's the great. I think that's the great fun of the movie, and the great, the one of the great running gags in in Machete. It's such a. I mean, Machete is such a movie geek's movie, and and one of the things it's making fun of, of course, is. This idea that there's always some kind of old, not that great looking guy in the action film that all these hotties are always throwing themselves at. And in here, it's such a it's such a complete extreme because Machete is about four feet tall. You know, he's, he's got he's about two heads shorter than every woman he's he's surrounded by. And he's just he's got a face like a biker jacket. He's just, <laughs> you know, like it's like a, it's like a biker jacket with a mustache on it. And and it's a great face. And it's so obvious why, you know, uh, Robert Rodriguez, you know, wanted to build a franchise around this guy. Um I I liked this film a little less than I did the first one. Um, I thought it started out a little slow. It, the shtick is is a little over the top. A lot of in jokes, a lot of goofy stuff. Charlie Sheen is playing the American president. I didn't think that was that funny. I don't think Lady Gaga. Just the fact that Lady Gaga shows up. Did you like how Charlie up. Sheen was credited though at the beginning? Carlos in Estevez. Open, that's, yes, yes, and introducing Carlos <laughs> Estevez, <laughs> right? Which is his real name, of course. Yeah, um, yeah, and that's kind of funny. I, I felt like the movie sort of veered into scary movie shtick here and there. The sort of easy, too much self parody. Yeah, kind of easy pop culture humor. I feel like a lot of that stuff's gonna not gonna date well. Lady Gaga is not gonna date well. Ten years from now. I don't think people are going to be all tickled that she was in this film. Um, I agree with you. I think this is just a movie that's of the moment, that's paying tribute to other movies. And I and I totally agree with you that um, it's paying tribute in a way that maybe geeks will like the most. Yeah. But something I will say, uh, and I don't always feel this way with Rodriguez movies, I felt the pacing was right and it was the right length. Yeah. Oh, I totally agree. Because sometimes he just doesn't know when to shut off the camera. He doesn't know when to stop editing. The pacing is off. This is one of those movies that I was entertained every minute, and it ended when it should have. And do you know what I mean? Yes, yes. I, and I have to say that I, even though I groaned through the first few minutes of the film, about half, about nah, earlier than halfway through, things really start to kick into gear. Oh and yeah, things get very, things get funny, and you start to realize that this movie is really just kind of going for the gusto. You've got Damien Bashir, who plays a drug lord, who has a split personality. Sometimes he's nice, sometimes he's mean. And then, of course, you have um, 
Mel Gibson, who shows up yes, as the as the arms the dealer. Yes. No, it's, I think this has been this has been well publicized that Gibson is in it. Um, and you know what? He's actually really good. He's he kind of walks a really perfect line between, say, a Bond villain like Blofeld or something, and um, uh, the inspector in uh, the Pink Panther movie. <laughs> He, he's like he walks that line perfectly, and all of a sudden I was kind of like, "This is great! It's it's kind of good, like Goldfinger, and it's kind of silly, like the Pink Panther movies, and it's also just Robert Rodriguez just sort of throwing everything to the wall." It got really fun. I I, I just I I was won over, and I want to make one last point about Machete. You know, Robert Rodriguez is famous for doing a lot of low budget, you know, super super cost saving measures, green mm-hmm. screens, miniatures. You can see a lot of the miniatures. I think there's a moment of true genius in this film where Machete, with his machete in hand, hooks himself to a helicopter blade and goes, he goes whirling around cutting people's heads off. But the wonderful thing about it is it, he's not, you don't see him. The helicopter blade is moving so fast, he's not actually in the shot. And I just thought, well, that's brilliant. Like, your mind is substituting the image. Your mind is putting the image in there, which is kind of the essence of filmmaking. And also, it's a special effect that doesn't exist. It's the, it's the best cost-saving measure in the film. It's a special effect that is not actually in the film. It works beautifully, and I thought that was so funny and so good. And there's a lot of stuff in the movie like that. Oh, there's tons of it. And I, I think we both like this movie a lot, we, right? I thought, I thought it was a pretty good date. I thought it was even better than you wow. did. Good and, date. And, you know, there's a, there's a sequel, Machete Kills Again. In space. In space. Uh, So we have that to look forward to. Um, So let's talk about Captain Phillips. This is the new movie with Tom Hanks. Uh, He plays Captain Richard Phillips uh, of the Maersk, Alabama, a container ship that was hijacked by Somali pirates in uh, 2009. Um, Before we get to, Kristen, your actual interview with the real Captain Phillips, let's play a clip from the movie. This is Mask Alabama. We have two skiffs approaching at a distance of 1.5 miles with a possible mothership following. Potential piracy situation. Coffee, Alabama, you should alert your crew, get your fire hoses ready, and follow lockdown procedures. Uh, yeah, it, is that it? I'm relaying your transmission now, but chances are it's just fishermen. They're not here to fish. Ooh, they're not here to fish. Not here to fish. They certainly are not. And I sat down with Captain Phillips earlier this morning. Rafer, we're so sorry that you missed this interview. I know, I know. I'm sorry that I could not be there. But he was very forthright with me about a lot of things. And the first question I asked him was how accurate all of this seemed, including that accent. It is a very tense and stressful movie. It does grab you and hold you. But the reality was actually worse. Uh, you know, I, I did go through some uh, 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 so, some some beatings and some mock executions. There was some knot tying going on. There was some, uh, you know, mind games back and forth, uh, you know, between the pirates uh, trying to get me to just uh, submit and truly become just their hostage. Uh, so, so it was a, a little worse, you know. But, it's, uh, you know, to condense five days down to two hours for a movie, it, it is difficult. You, you can't show everything uh, um, that, that did go on. Uh, one thing about the movie that I'd like to point out, it wasn't just Captain Phillips out on the Mask Alabama. It, it was my, my crew. It was 19, 18 men and myself. Uh, and the crew was instrumental in the positive outcome for them and I. And they really on the, uh, the front lines and uh, faced many problems. Yeah. Now, do you feel that they showed your personality accurately? There's been some uh, <laughs> chatter. There's been some chatter out there about whether or not Tom Hanks actually does your accent correctly. How did you feel about the way you were depicted in the movie? 
Well, I, I, I think he depicted me well. I, I really don't think I have an accent. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I have, have heard some of that chatter. Uh, so I think he did a fair job uh, uh, w- w- with the accent. But I think overall it's the whole performance that that, uh, that you'll have to take in uh, to account. And I, and I think he, he did do a... Uh, a, a very good job. Uh, he, he did. If you, to me, you know, in the scenes, especially on the ship, for that 12-hour period when the pirates were on the ship, of uh, you know, if you look into his eyes, you can see the concern, the fear, uh, and also almost into his the back of his mind, where he's just trying to figure out some way to try and regain some control of things, which was truly how I felt during the during the time: the fear, the lack of control, the trying to find a solution, uh, so I, I thought that was uh, a, a, a very good bit of realism. Now, most people are saying out there, Tom Hanks does a great job in this movie, but other people are raising questions about the depiction of the Somali pirates. Some people say they're either depicted too sympathetically, other people think the depiction is racist. What, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, I, I think Paul Greengrass did, uh, did an excellent job, and, and not you know just showing black and white good versus evil. Uh, uh, you know, he did some background of me before you know you see me on the ship, and he did uh, actually a fair amount of of, of the pirates. I, I think uh, the leader especially did did an exceptional job. Uh, when I, that was one part of the movie watching that what was very true to life. His eyes, his mannerism. Uh, he he was always in in his role in in the. In the real incident with I, I mean, the leader uh, never really talked that much, never really uh, uh, laughed at all, uh, and never uh, engaged in superficial conversation. He was spot on all the time. He was always businesslike. As a matter of fact, in the real incident, I commended him on his good leadership. Uh, He brooked no kind of interference from from any of the other pirates, and you could tell he was a committed and uh, uh, a true leader. I actually had told him he's a good leader. He had a little Napoleon complex going on, uh, but but that he was a true leader. So I really think the, especially the actor, all all of the actors who played the pirates, but especially the leader, he, he was very true to life, and I thought he did an outstanding job. And again, in, in his eyes, you, you can see the, the, the commitment and the dedication to what his goal was. Now, was it scary at all to see these actors playing out your whole life when you when you met the actors up close did it bring back any visceral reaction for you <laughs> you mean when i met them outside of you know outside of seeing it on the movie uh no uh they, they do look like somalis they uh or, or people from that area of the world uh and i really don't think there was any racism uh implied or or shown uh in the movie it's uh if to people who've been over in that area of the world Oh, uh, you know what? That that is the uh, the 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 way the people look and enact. Uh, uh, some are good, some are bad, just like in our country. Mm-hmm. Now, I just have to ask you um, a tougher question. It's it's circulated out there. Uh, some of your former crew members have said that you might not have ever been uh, attacked by the pirates if it weren't for you navigating the boat into waters that you shouldn't have been in. And do you have anything you can tell us about that? Well, um, unfortunately, we do live in a, a, a litigious society, uh, and, and piracy uh, that many people don't realize is all over the world. It's not just in Somalia. Uh, we, we deal with piracy uh, off the Philippines, Sulu Sea, Malacca Straits, Java, Indonesia, east-west coast of Africa, east-west coast of South America. So piracy is not just off of Somalia. Uh, it, it, it is indeed all over the world, and it's... And it's something we have to deal with. If you're going to be in the Merchant Marine and you're going to deal with uh, and you're going to sail on ships, 
you will have to deal with uh, uh, pirates all over the world. And indeed today, which many people don't realize, uh, piracy in Nigeria is worse than Somalia ever was, uh, and, and, and that's today. Uh, as far as being in piracy waters, we were never outside the piracy waters. If you look on your geography and your charts and maps, you can see we, we went from Salala, uh, which is within 600 miles of Somalia. We went to Djibouti, which is just on the northern coast, I believe about 75 miles of, of, from the uh, border of Somalia. And then we were going to Mombasa, which is 50 to 60 miles uh, from the border. So we were never outside that area, and that's why I had always told my crew it was, it, it was a a matter of when, not if, that we'd be in a piracy situation. Uh, there, there were warnings out there if you could avoid the area, avoid it by 600 miles, but that really wasn't very true either because before my incident, uh, ships have been taken over 1,200 miles. Mm. And now that you've made it through all of this and there's a movie about your life, you've written your memoirs and so on, we know you're back out in the waters again. You're still a captain. You're still... Uh, leading crews out there, and what do you do to prepare yourself now as you go out that you didn't do back then? Well, well first of all, I, I didn't write my memoirs. I just wrote about this one incident, and I truly believe that this incident does not define my life uh, and will not. Uh, well, I am back to sea. I just actually got back uh, 15 days ago or 16 days ago. Uh, I have been back in the Goa, the Gulf of Aden area, uh, and uh, I, I won't say I'm scared, but I am worried, just as I was before. Uh, uh, again, piracy is not just off of Somalia. You have to deal with that everywhere. Uh, and there's security concerns even when you're in port, uh, which is normal uh, theft and bully and uh, assault situations that, that you do have to be aware of. So it's, uh, I won't say I'm scared, but I am worried, aware, and observant, and that's what I re really want my Crews to be is is to be a war worry and, and and be ready to uh to, to meet any kind of threat of, at any level. Uh, go, going back to sea to me was really a relief because that, that's what I do. I I I've been going to sea now for 34 years and uh, I have a few more years left in me I think. Uh, and to be honest, I truly do like being at sea. Although sometimes I don't like some of the things we have to do to get to sea, I still like be, being at sea. And now you you said that you would do anything you can, and you have to be prepared to do anything you have to now. But does that mean you're armed now when you are navigating? Do you also have a machine gun by your side? How does this work now? <laughs> no, I do not have a machine gun by my side. Uh, uh, we do have uh, uh, weapons on the ship. Uh, the, sh the company I work for, International Shipholding Corporation or Waterman Steamship Company or Central Gulf, uh, do have armed security on, so we do have that uh, uh, on the ships now. Not all ships do. Some are still relying on speed. Some are just uh, taking a chance, unfortunately. And there are still people that uh, uh, have that are hostages still off Somalia. While they have not had any hijackings of ships in the last 14 months, they still are attacking small boats, dows, and fishing boats. And, and there are still attacks going on. Although they are less, uh, the pirates are still out there. They are not forgotten. But you got to remember when the policeman's on the corner, uh, the uh, the bullies and the crooks and the and the pirates, so to speak, will sort of uh, recede and fall back. But 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 once the coalition forces that are out there now, if they leave, the pirates will definitely be back because the country's government is still pretty much in the same state. Wow, Captain Phillips, I really appreciate your taking the time to talk with us. Well, well, thank you very much, and good luck. Well, a lot of food for thought there, and I'm glad that I'm glad that he brought up the um, the accusations from his 
crew member because I think I feel like that's been a little a little uh, a little bit of fly in the ointment for this movie. Um, I think there's been there have been two two little issues floating around about this movie in advance. Uh, uh, people's concerns that Captain Phillips might come off as too much of a hero. One one was this idea that he uh, was indeed going into unsafe waters knowingly that he was kind of a company man or something trying to save the company money. Um, you do see him in the film scanning those warnings. You do see him reading mm-hmm. uh, mar- maritime warning emails. Um, I think that's that's a nice inclusion. I think Paul Greengrass, the director, I think he's a he's a careful director. And also um, there were early media reports. Uh, a lot of a lot of uh, stories said that he had offered himself as a hostage to uh, the pirates to uh, to save his crew. And he has he later said, I, I don't think that came directly from him, but he has later said, I never offered. I, I, I was taken, but. I went willingly, and and I think that's how it plays out in the movie as well. So I, I feel like those there's some there's some verisimilitude there on those two points in the film. Um, so what did you think um, about the movie? Well, I have to say, it it's a long movie. It's over two hours. Yep. But it really had me every minute of the way. It did. It really did. I I felt the tension of it. I felt the, um, you know. You're seeing the Somali pirates approach your boat. You're on this giant, giant vessel, and yet you are so unable to protect yourself, even though you're on the ship. And they're on these little tiny speedboats coming for you. Yeah, these little, little skiffs. Skiff. Yeah, yeah, and they're coming right for you. And um, and I thought it was very, very, very tense. I would say that the thing that I really was mulling over the most watching this movie, other than how scary it was, was. The depictions of race in the movie. Um, how did you feel about that, Rafer? I I felt that that was actually the almost the best thing about this film. Um, I was I I was thinking, um, let's say twenty years ago, uh, maybe even fifteen years ago, <clears throat> but at least twenty years ago or so. If you had seen a movie called Captain Phillips about this true story coming out, you know exactly what it would have looked like. It would have just been a big gung ho military rah rah xenophobic, you know, thriller with someone like Steven Seagal blowing away a bunch of dark-skinned villains. Uh, you know, you, you've seen this kind of movie a million times. We're in a different era now, I think. You know, it's after 9-11. It's after the financial collapse. We now, you know, we're, we're becoming gradually more and more aware that the world is interconnected and we are just a part of it. Um, and, um, and the world is not always entirely um, welcoming. You know, it's often very threatening. And I feel like this movie is like is like a thriller for the for the globalization age. It it really it tries to get you to understand. I'm not really saying root for or sympathize with necessarily, but it wants you to understand why these pirates are doing what they do and who they are. And you do have a real. You come away, I think, with a real feeling, a, a kind of pity. For them, mm, interesting. That, that, I, I know that a lot I of, had. I but know, you disagree. Yeah, I, I know you and a lot of other critics feel that way. But I felt that the the way they try to set that up is they give us two minutes of backstory in the very beginning of the film mm-hmm. in Somalia. Their warlord is saying you have to go out there and pirate again. Yeah, or you're dead. Yeah, and everybody you love is dead. This is what you have to do. Right. But I felt that that little cursory, you know, five minute, three minute, whatever that was at the top of the film with the Somali pirates was not enough. And the rest of the movie 
the only person who really seems to be a deep character where you have nuance and you see everything behind behind his eyes is Captain Phillips. Oh, I totally disagree. Really? Yeah. I mean, I think I think there is. So you is, feel the pirate captain. I think he's the far more interesting character. I mean, I, I mean, I, I you you clearly are. You are identifying with Tom Hanks as Captain Phillips the entire time because that's <clears throat> that's who you are. That's who you are, and you you feel you feel the menace, you feel the threat, you feel his, you know his his fear and his hopes dwindling uh, by the end of the film. Um, but I think the person that you're most fascinated by is uh, Musse, Musse, the uh, the captain. Uh, it's M U S E is the way you spell his name, but it's pronounced, I think, Musse. Yeah, played by Barkhad Abdi, who's a Minnesotan, like me. All yeah. of them are. I think all of them are Minnesota That's Somalis. Right. Yes, right. So interesting. So you and I really disagree on that one. I, you I, you felt that you felt that they were given kind of short shrift. I I mean, yeah, I, I so... did. I wanted because most of what we get from them are they're. Chewing a drug. Yeah, cat. They're, yeah, the yeah. cat. The cat leaf. Yeah, K H A T. They're crazed yeah. out of their minds. They're saying thirty thousand dollars isn't enough. Yeah. They're holding guns to your head. They're shooting. They're. I think they're acting in a lot of ways like monsters in this movie, which I know pirates do well, that. Are, I mean, they are they are pirates. I mean, they, and I and I think. But you I know. wanted. But I wanted more of the humanity of them, and I felt that I was just given more humanity of Captain Phillips than I wanted, and not enough of. The pirates. Oh, I, I, yeah, huh? That's 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 strange to me because I feel like I feel like that is that's that that to me was the entire that to me was the entire point of the film. If if and I and I felt it succeeded. If if you had had a movie that was just sort of another kind of you know survival you know last man standing you know how is he going to outsmart the bad guys movie? This I think the movie wouldn't have been worth anything uh and i think it would have been completely uninteresting but i mean you know there's this i mean there's this line that um that that everyone has been quoting and it's a it's a great line um where tom hanks says uh to the pirate you know there's he's trying to appeal to reason you know with him and trying to kind of tap into his humanity um and tell him he doesn't have to do this and he says um there's got to be something more to life than than just fishing and and kidnapping people and musi says Maybe in America, and mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's uh, that's sort of the line that I think really kind of brings it all home. Yeah. All right. So we've talked about humanity. Who seems most human? Who seems like maybe a cartoon in this movie? We disagree on that. But can we talk about the accents? Because some people say those are cartoonish and maybe not quite human. I I have to say there has been some Oscar buzz around Tom Hanks for this role. Um, I haven't seen 12 Years a Slave yet, but that's also got a lot of Oscar buzz. So I don't know. But if it were me, I think the thing that sinks it is that damned Boston accent. <laughs> there, there, There is not an actor alive who was not born in Boston who has been able to nail that accent? I mean, did you did you was did it catch you, Kristen? I thought it was hilarious the accent and and a little bit distracting initially, where I, it was a little bit like a Saturday Night Live skit to me. But um, I I don't know by by the end of the movie, I was mostly able to let it go. But initially, I was like, Are you kidding me? Why don't you, Tom Hanks, just let the accent go? Don't even do the accent. Just talk like Tom Hanks. I agree, and I was thinking there there are really only two. Two prescriptions to avoid this, I think, in the future. One is I feel like I feel like all Hollywood studios should be forced to pitch in uh, yearly something like let's say five million dollars a piece and pay the best the best Boston dialogue coach they can find 
They could all pitch in and have that person train every actor. You would not be able to make a movie without that person, whoever that person would be. And or or the solution is to get the MPAA to um, make it a policy that if you have a Boston accent in your film, it automatically gets an NC-17. <laughs> I, one of those two things has got to happen because I, really, I am sick of those. I'm sick of those Boston accents. I'm sick of them. They don't work. I have a third solution, though, Ray, for okay. which I'm sure you know what this is. Just have Marky Mark with no shirt on in every movie. Can you imagine if Captain Phillips was played by Marky Mark? He'd, he would tear his shirt off at a certain point in the movie. For no good reason. The pirates are coming and he would tear his shirt off. It's a, it's a, it's a far more elegant solution. <laughs> I, li- I do like your solution better. <laughs> so overall, despite the accent, um, I'm saying it's a pretty good date. I, I, am, I am saying it's an excellent date. I, this, this is, I think this is one of the better movies I've seen this year for sure. I, I imagine this will go on my top ten list. I really liked this movie a lot. And as always, we end Movie Date with Trivia. Last week, we were talking about really long movie takes because we were talking about gravity. And the opening of that movie is 13 minutes. That's right. About thir- about 13 minutes long. Originally intended to be 17, but uh, wound up being more like a modest 13. We asked uh, Orson Welles for, for many, many years held the record for the longest opening tracking shot in Touch of Evil uh, back in 1958. That uh, lasted three minutes and 20 seconds thereabout. Um, Later, another movie uh, surpassed that record. What 1992 Hollywood satire featured an eight-minute opening tracking shot? And here is the right answer. This is Preston from Dallas. The answer to this week's trivia quiz is The Player, directed by Robert Altman. On another note, I can't believe nobody called in for Cannonball Run a couple weeks ago. Rest assured, you do have listeners who are, shall we say, more experienced, whose formative years were formed by Animal House as opposed to Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Preston, fantastic job. Great job, Preston. Robert Altman, the player. And we love that you actually knew the answer to our question a few weeks ago, which was a clip of Dom DeLuise and Cannonball Run. Yeah, but it doesn't count unless you call in, Preston. you got to call in. <laughs> call in, man. <laughs> well, hopefully Preston will call in again or other listeners will call in for this week's trivia question. So... This week, we, um, we paid tribute to, we talked about the great Boston accent on film, and we're going to play a clip for you to identify who is this actress, what movie is this, in which she's showing off her fantastic Boston accent. I told them their daddy loved them that much, too, that he had four hearts, and they were all filled up and aching with a love that meant that we would never have to and that their daddy would do whatever he had to for those he loved. If you can, if you can, <laughs> if you can name that dinger of an accent and the movie, give us a call, 5717movies. Or as always, log on to facebook.com slash movie date podcast. <laughs>